Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And today we are beginning a brand new reading plan called Amen and Amen, and we are joined by our new friend, Sho Baraka. Sho is so many things. He is a (laughs) hip-hop artist. He's a writer. He just released his first book last year called He Saw That It Was Good. He's an adjunct professor. He travels the world as a culture curator. I mean, how interesting is that? That's impressive. He's the co-founder of an organization called The And Campaign Mm -hmm. and a speaker. He does a lot of things. And Show brings such an interesting perspective to this first conversation that we're going to have over the next three weeks about the book of Psalms and this unique way that we're going to be engaging with the book of Psalms over the next three weeks. So I think that you're going to really enjoy hearing from him. We certainly did. So let's get right to it. Show Baraka, welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. We are so happy to have you here. It's a pleasure to be had. I am uh, excited <laughs> for the conversation. And we are kicking off a brand new series, a psalm series, which I love doing a psalm series. And this one is a brand new study called Amen and Amen. We have a lot to kind of like frame the study for mm-hmm. our listeners and for each other, honestly. Yeah. But before we do, show. I mean, when you got invited, when you got the email, and we were like, hey, would you come be on the Sheeries Truth podcast? First of all, you were like, there are a lot of women. (laughs) But second, like, would you come be on a podcast and talk Psalms with us? Like, what was your thought? Usually what I do is when I get a request, I have my assistant kind of do some background of who's doing the requesting. Yeah. And just to see, like, how I get a lot of podcasts. Some people have, like, three listeners. Some people have a lot of listeners. Yeah. Yes. Then it's like, well, how legitimate is the platform? Then it's like, what kind of content do they provide? And so once she kind of shared with me, it's like, no, they're legit. Seems like you'll be discussing scripture, this, this, and that. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'll do it. And then I committed before seeing the homework that was assigned. Oh, yeah, there's (laughs) so much... So much homework. Listener, if you are ever invited to be on the She Reads Truth podcast, expect, I think that we read this week, 20 Psalms. Yeah. Show just did you a solid by telling you to make sure you understand what you're being asked. It's going to require more than just that hour. Absolutely. (laughs) Show, I appreciate your honesty. And as a segue into the Psalms, that's one of the things I also appreciate about the Psalms. How have the Psalms... You're a man of, you contain multitudes. You do many things. Yeah. And so how, just generally speaking, like how have the Psalms shaped you in your life, yeah. in your art, in your work? I think, you know, the Psalms, are, it's, it's one of those series of chapters, a book that I think the Christian should always be in and mm-hmm. consistently be in because it's just a reminder of so many things, our brokenness, God's faithfulness. How do we respond in the midst of pain, suffering, affliction, oppression, a bit of honesty and how to talk to God, how mm-hmm. God talks to his people. And then it's just poetic. I think the idea of having poetry in our lives softens our hearts mm-hmm. and gets us to be less academic because oftentimes we approach the, the scriptures as you know academics. And I, I don't think that's yeah. how, how it's ever intended to be. Um mm-hmm. 
or it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't be approached in that way. But I, I get it. You know, you talk about studying the scriptures, you talk about, you know, digging into the scriptures. And so when you do that, you think, oh, academics. Right. But it's more of just like saturating your heart with these truths and these, these words. And so I haven't read through the Psalms in about maybe a year and a half, but I try to make it a regular occurrence to try to like either like when I'm studying a book, just read a couple Psalms here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you read 20 of them this week. So. I know. I pretty much read all <laughs> of them. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to just take that momentum and just keep yeah, right just going. Keep going. <laughs> I was talking with one of our teammates here at the office last night about getting ready to record the Psalms podcast episodes. Agosa was saying, she was like, Psalms is a mood. Like it is just like a, it is not like it's you said. many, like a, many moods. It's many moods, which we'll explore. Yeah. So something that I learned as we were beginning to create this plan, as our team was creating this plan, I've learned to stop feeling embarrassed for not knowing things and just feel excited to learn. The Bible is a big book, Rachel. Yeah, there's a it's lot okay. to learn. <laughs> so, show, did you know this? Did you know that the book of Psalms is actually made up of five smaller books? So, I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. That's fair. Yes and no. If someone had asked me how many books, I probably wouldn't have said five. I would have threw a number out there, but I knew it wasn't. Just one book, one author. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the headings are in right. our translations of You'll scripture, see book four, and we'll see book them. Five, yeah, but it's something that I'm sure I have seen it there. Exactly. But I, I don't know what I thought it was. I think I just thought, oh, like chapters, verses. Yeah. It just. I think that I had seen it, but I had never actually thought about it, and so. And then to find out that they're not arbitrary, which of course they're not, but right. like, mm-hmm. that they are actually thematic and that these Psalms, I had just never imagined that, oh, this process was someone, and we think when they were in exile, when the Israelites were in exile, they're taking these Psalms and they're curating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these books yeah. by theme. And I just, it's so fascinating. Yeah. No, it is. And I've been doing a lot of messianic study or listening to a lot of Messianic Jews. And the one thing that I am learning is, is that exact point is that though the word is inspired by God and it is the, the spirit bringing the collection of this, these, this literature, this writing together, the writers had intent, the writers had agenda and the yeah. writers had purpose within the will of God, obviously. One thing I didn't know is there was something I read in your notes about like there was the singers, the there was like a group of singers that yes. partially responsible. Maybe you can explain that a little bit more. But that to me gave me as an artist affirmation. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Like it was really good to like to just to see that little note and be like, oh man, that's cool. Like <laughs> like they were like the gatekeepers of the scriptures in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. keeping like the collection, I guess you can say together in some senses. Yeah. You're referring to, okay, so this is a good time for us to talk about kind of the structure of this reading plan because it's different. We have done Psalms 
reading plans before. Mm -hmm. We have never as a community, like you were saying, show, we have never as a community read through all 150, is that right? Mm -hmm. Chapters of the Psalms in a single reading plan. But we have often done, studied the Psalms maybe by section or by topic. And when I say by section, like I remember at one point we did the Psalms of Ascent. Mm -hmm. We have done like Psalms of Gratitude, Psalms for Prayer, prayer, Psalms of Worship, things like that. So this is the first time that we have done a reading plan that really spans the entire book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. All the themes. Travels canonically mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. 1 through 150. And so we're not reading every one, but we are reading portions from each of the five books yeah. of Psalms. And so Y'all are going to love this. It's, it's, cool. it's I. This was one of those reading plans where as the team created it and put it together and then I I get the immense joy and privilege of being one of the first people to experience the reading plan as they have when it's finished and they have created and it. And y'all have to see Amanda when she's doing this because she's usually all cute, like curled up in the corner chair oh. in her office. <laughs> there are usually like a great pair of glasses on her face. Like we got blue light. I yeah. mean we got it. Well and Soon, soon to come, actual readers. Yeah, actually, we're not far. <laughs> yeah, we're not far away. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, I, I just love when she's and she sometimes has the blinds pulled, so you have to like open the door and look at it. But like, uh-huh. she's like locked. I in usually focused. have coffee and water. Yeah, I have a couple of pens, and she's going to be iPad. reading for the day. It is one of my favorite parts of my job. I mm-hmm. love it so much. So mm-hmm. I learned so much. But what was so cool is that you're right, show like the the homework is significant. Like we are going to read <laughs> how many Psalms did they say? Twenty. Like, no, um fifty nine total. Fifty nine total. Over three over weeks. three weeks. So that's a few, right? Like, mm-hmm. And there's also like we're giving information as we go. Like, okay, what is the theme of this particular book of the Psalms? And then who wrote most of these? Those kind of things. And so I expected it to be kind of a heavy lift. And in a way, you are learning a lot as you go and getting a lot of information. But I was kind of knocked off of my feet of like how beautiful it was to read these giant like swaths of psalms and have someone show me like, okay, yes, the individual psalms are obviously so valuable to read. I mean, each verse of Scripture has value, right? So we read the individual chapters, and a lot of times that's how we experience the Psalms is we'll maybe like read one a day or something like that, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. What was so cool and what I had never experienced was having someone help me kind of zoom out and see the broader themes that Mm -hmm. were present that I didn't even realize were present. Mm -hmm. And even on top of that is it kind of tells the story of Scripture. Like the the theme is like in book one, which will start the beginning of our week, most of this week, three days, I guess, will be in book one, and then we will start book two before the end of the week, is just a lot of like... The Lord is God, yeah, and He reigns. And then you start to get a little bit more of like in book two, like Psalms of Lament, like, oh, things are broken, Mm -hmm. things are messed up, Mm -hmm. right? And then you get a lot of like God's faithfulness and Israel's story. Mm -hmm. So I just had never experienced it. I'm excited for you all to walk through it. I remember on one of those days where you were locked in reading this and like reviewing and, and working it out, you came up for air. Like you came out of your office and I happened it's to pass you in the hallway and you were like, this is going to be really good. This is going to be really special. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, uh, anyway. Was she so, glowing yeah. is the question. Did she have a glow about her? 
Did she That's have right. a, did a I have kind to, of glory? I had to put like a veil <laughs> yeah. over my face. That's yeah. a great question, show, but no, I did not. But you started talking about that, Amanda, because show was asking about the singers. And you oh, were like, oh, let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> okay, the first book of the Psalms. Now, if you have your study books, you guys, we're not going to talk through all of the front matter, but you don't want to miss the front matter. It's the thing that helps you understand what you're about to experience. Like it makes it, yes. I think. And front matter Richard. is just like all the introductory material, but like I don't want to call it introduction because then I feel like you won't read it. I think you're going to want to read it because it's really <laughs> helpful. Book intros, right? I mean, we do we skip them? A lot of times we do, yes. Okay, so in the first book is a lot of, like I said, like declaring like the reign of God, God's law, and like the hope and trust that the psalmists have in, in God. And most of the psalms, all but four in this first book, are attributed to David. But to Show's point, this is just one example of kind of the things we learn as we go through the Psalms by book. Book two, there mm-hmm. are still some Psalms written by David, but in addition to that, there are authors of Psalms that include temple keepers and singers who served under David and his son, King Solomon. And specifically, show I think what you're referring to in book two, there are several psalms that are attributed to Asaph and the sons of Korah. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the note, sons of Korah, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. the note in this book said, this group of Levitical priests descended from Korah, which is a person, mm-hmm. they served as gatekeepers and temple singers. Yeah. I think that is yep. cool. So you're... Your trade, <laughs> your calling has been around for quite some time, show. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, <laughs> amen and amen. I actually do want us to read Psalms, but before we do, <laughs> I want to ask you a few more questions, show, because the Psalms are different than anything else in, in Scripture, right? Like mm-hmm. they're poems, they're songs, they're hymns, and they're not just a few of them. There's 150 of them. Right. It's a long piece of scripture. And furthermore, each one has different, like we even have an extra in the book called Poetic Devices in Scripture. The Psalms employ different, like literary devices. Like it reminds me of, you know, high school English, where you're like pointing (laughs) out simile, metaphor, hyperbole, all of those things. So, like, I look to you as an artist and say, what are we to make of? all of that being present in what we hold to be the true authoritative Word of God, mm-hmm. that is such an interesting juxtaposition, right? That we have God's Word, which is, we think, presenting actual truth, but in these ways that are very abstract and poetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that well, teaching us? It teaches me a lot. And it, just like you, I have I find myself highly interested in literary devices, not only as someone who raps and uses these devices often in everything from, you know, alliteration, double entendres, similes, mm-hmm. metaphors, but also because I just love literature. I love reading novels. And you can find the same devices that, you know, Shakespeare uses, Kendrick Lamar uses, you know. Yeah. And what I think is that what we find is is that there's intent that is trying to draw some sort of feeling, emotion, something that, you, you know, you. it's very easy for me to say the sky is blue. But if I, the sky was blue like the oceans, I don't know. Like, you know, it mm-hmm. that gives me some more emotion. Why use the ocean? Why use, you know, why use? And I think what we are seeing is that God is, 
a very diverse being. It's not just stoic. It's not just here's information. It's getting us to to feel deeply about something. He connects with us deeply and that he encourages us to do the same when communicating because people need to expand imagination around the idea of truth, like not expand truth, but the idea of how to communicate these truths and how to get people to connect to these truths Mm -hmm. and that we all learn differently. And that's why I think the Bible is really interesting, a really, really, really interesting and dynamic piece of work because you'll have just teaching, you'll have history, and then you'll have poetry. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. Coded as well is another thing I think, like, you think about chiasms, which I find to be some of the hardest things to decipher. And when mm-hmm. you, but there's a code there. There's something, there's some sort of coded language and intent that is being communicated. And there's a rhythm, there's a pattern that God is trying to get us to, to see when communicated. And it's just not accidental. It's there for a reason. And I think oftentimes when we read, we just kind of pass over things without actually inspecting. And to divert a little, just a little bit, and I'll, this will be my last point. The same thing happens with the spirituals that we're saying on plantations. Mm. Oftentimes, we'll just hear wade in the water, or we'll hear, didn't the Lord deliver Daniel, or we'll hear, you know, swing low, sweet chariot. But the interesting thing about these spirituals is that they were coded language as well. It just wasn't the stuff that was on, you know, the face value. There, there was meaning behind what is a chariot? What does it mean to wade in the water? What does it mean that God delivers Daniel? What is the Jordan? What is the, you know, high? yeah. So, and I think the same thing is, and I think you, in some of the introductions, it was communicated, understand the history and why the context yeah. of what is happening in this particular Psalm. Just don't read Psalms one, but understand why Psalms one is written. What is mm-hmm. the situation in which the writer is writing Psalms one? Psalms 51 is one of my favorites. Yeah. And I'm like, what understand why he's grieving, why yeah. he's he's crying out to the Lord. What is happening in that moment for him to say, restore the joy of my salvation? You know? That's right. Yeah. I saw that you've been studying First Samuel. Yes. And so some of these, you know, are moments that you've probably been reading about. Yeah. yeah. And then and it is, it's like a completely different lens. Absolutely. To see the same historical event. And it's such a kindness. As I was reading through this again, getting ready to have this conversation with you, show, I was just struck by the entire book of Psalms, the presence in the canon, the presence of poetry and literary devices and imagery and emotion, all of that in Psalms, in Scripture, is such a kindness from God. Amen. Because... You know, like you said, like how it is, Scripture articulate like these truths and concepts in the Bible are layered and and hard to articulate. And there's something about art that can get to the essence of a truth in a way that a lot of times is more resonant than just like if I could articulate this perfectly. But the problem is is that we can't often articulate it perfectly, but art can get to it in a way that like our words can't. Right. And rhythm is important too. I think that's another thing about it. Because the repetitiveness of words oftentimes repeated gets something stuck in your head. And so it's the meters, the, the rhythms of the Psalms, you'll find them, 
easier to remember because it's not necessarily as clumsy as somebody just writing uh-huh. a letter to a pastoral pistol, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you know it's I mean? hidden in our heart and exactly. almost almost by default. Like, you right. know, when I find myself knowing the words to a song and I'm like, I didn't I didn't know I knew this song. <laughs> and, they didn't know well, and knowing the words right. to Psalms, like so many even mm-hmm. of the Psalms this week, I was like, that's a song I learned. That's a song I know. Like right. there's so yeah, many right. Psalms I know, not because I was memorizing scripture, but because I was listening to Psalms. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, One of my yeah. favorite psalms, Psalm 3, is turned into a song that I love. And I know that song because I heard it first. Well, I memorized it first as a song. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. coming across it as a psalm, you're like, oh, hey, yeah. So that's where that came from. <laughs> exactly. Now I know. Now I have some scripture memory. I didn't, I didn't well. know that this this psalm stole from that yes. song. You sneaked <laughs> out me. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they I do that? It. Mm-hmm. Well, I, let's read some. I, I feel it. like we yeah. would be remiss to not read Psalm 1 because it is the first one. It feels right. Oh, I thought we were reading the Proverbs. Yeah. I mean, we could. <laughs> we can. Listen, how much time do you have? You know? <laughs> how much time? So book one is we will see the theme of God is God, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and God reigns. And so in my mind, it's kind of like a zoomed out moment, because while there are still some personal moments, those, I think, increase mm-hmm. as we get into book two. But let's read Psalm 1. Who, who wants to read? Shall, Shall we read it for us? Absolutely. Psalm 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. And he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. It's so like God and so like Scripture and Mm -hmm. so like the Psalms that every one of us, the three of us here, everyone listening, everyone not listening, is going to interact with these Psalms differently because they're bringing themselves here. But I just thinking back to reading this Psalm throughout the week and how I wanted to like say to everyone who's going to be reading these Psalms this week, like do it with a pen in your hand, do it with a highlight, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. because you're going to circle things and underline things. Mm-hmm. Things are going to stick out to you. And the things that stuck out to me are going to be different. Yeah. Like I'm looking at my notes and Amanda's notes and like we have like totally different things yeah. that have stuck out to us that have meant something to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that like that is one of the beauties of the Psalms. Yeah. 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 What stuck out to you guys for Psalm 1? That imagery of the tree, like that. So back to the literary devices. I mean, mm-hmm. you have the tree planted, you know, thriving next to this stream. And then you have the wicked who are like chaff, you know, mm-hmm. so you have this living, thriving tree juxtaposed with the chaff that just blows in the wind because it's brittle and dead. And and so it's it's one of the things, honestly, that is beautiful to me about the Psalms and that I really love. It's very effective. It's also, I think, related or kind of adjacent to something that I sometimes struggle with about the Psalms, which is where 
oftentimes, and I have to remember that this is poetic device, because oftentimes I'll read something and want to read it as just like a literal statement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so even, I mean, you get two words in, and uh, the word happy is hard for me in the songs. (laughs) How happy is the one who does not do, or, you know, or there'll be the description of like, these people are totally wicked, and and I am totally faithful. Yeah, Yeah. it feels very black and white. Because you always picture yourself as the the reader or the writer. Yeah. And so it's helpful for me to be reminded that like, okay, these are poetic devices that are that are drawing my eye to something that is true. Anyway, I struggle with that. How do you read that show? I think that's a great observation. The one thing that I that sticks out to me is the the type of language used, the type of verbs and adjectives, but it's very mobile, very Mm. Transient language, pathway, company, planted, flowing, wind blows, stand. Just emphasis on how we move and how we live and how we have our being. Yeah. 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 And whether it's us who are passive or whether it's active, it's just showing that just be mindful how you come and go. Or the Lord will (laughs) will, will instruct your going and coming. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's the mobilizing is really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, even in verse one, that there's the walk, the stand, and the right, sit. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah. it when there's a series of verbs. Uh-huh. It makes yes. me perk up I and like pay that. attention. So to the point of the broader theme of the first book in Psalms, you could read this, and this is a good example of like you can take this one psalm and it, it is so rich with meaning, even though it's a pretty short psalm, it's six verses. And that is a great way to study the Psalms. And also, if we see how it flows into or how it is placed next to Psalm 2, which talks about the title of it in the CSB is the coronation of the sun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Psalm 1 is talking about God's law. Well, if the law is God's, then that means that God reigns, Mm -hmm. right? And then Psalm 2, the coronation of the sun, that the sun reigns forever. And then going into Psalm 3, which is titled in the CSB, Confidence in Troubled Times, that not only does this God reign and is He powerful, but He uses His power to save. Mm. And He is not just powerful over the world, but He is mighty to save. So it's such a new way for me to look at even just Psalm 1 to think, okay, everything we just said, and also it is helping to establish this theme of God's reign. One interesting note is that the word that each book of the Psalms tends to use, I don't know if this is maybe how they helped group them and decide what went where, but uses a different name for God, not exclusively, mm. but oh, yeah. um, but by and large, so in book one, so Psalms 1 through 41 primarily use the name Yahweh, which mm-hmm. in our text is represented by an all-caps Lord. Small caps. Yeah, small yeah. caps Lord. And so Yahweh is the intimate, covenantal, relational name of God. So even that is so interesting that like, oh, this intimate, relational name is being used while also communicating that He is over everything, mm-hmm. which, yeah. you know— those two things go together. Mm. I love that line in Psalm 3. We're talking about this confidence in troubled times. Mm-hmm. And verse 3 says, But you, Lord, are a shield around yes. me, my glory yeah. and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And that's that beautiful. Right. 
Yes. Uh, the Lord is a shield around me. There were just so many. As I read the chapters from this week, there were so many that I was like, pray this, pray this, like save this. Oh. Like they're just the praying of the Psalms and all the things that I can say to the Lord that are here in his word. It, it's just beautiful. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. This is the Psalms are by and large prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So that instinct, Rachel, is completely appropriate and I think intentional. Mm-hmm. Like show you were talking about the intent of, you know, in scripture. And I think part of the intent with the Psalms is and that the design here is that we would see what it is like to pray and, you know, we mentioned honesty, <laughs> to mm-hmm. pray and kind of acknowledge our circumstances or our questions or whatever to our emotions to God. And also, so like say like, this is a thing that's true. And this is a thing that's happening. And also, I put my trust in you. Yeah. You are yeah. a shield. I'm being pummeled right now, but I know that you are a shield. Yeah. No, that's, that's just that first the first two verses going into the verse that you that you mentioned yeah, yeah. about it's just that the, there's a lot of mockery happening here you know mm-hmm. what I mean and there's a lot yeah. of ridicule and he says you know my foes have increased and they say there is no help for me in God and oftentimes if yeah. we're telling the truth we often begin to believe the doubters mm-hmm. and we oftentimes are like Lord where you know where are you you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, what's yeah. up? What's up? Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to show, show yourself. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to believe him a little bit, mm-hmm. if I'm real. And yeah. then, you know, oftentimes, this is what I think we find in the scripture or in the Psalms is people doubting, 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 and then like, but, but, but. That's you know right. Yeah. And even if you have to, I don't want to say lie to yourself, but there's the reasoning of like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm believing. This is what I'm struggling with. But I know there are capstones, there are Ebenezer's in my past that that say otherwise. And Lord, just show yourself again. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep. I mean, Psalm 17, which we cut there. The day one covers a lot of territory. I struggle. I know. It's okay. We'll be all right. (laughs) And we can hop around too. This doesn't mean that we can't go back. Everything behind Um, 17 is now closed. I've I've closed it off. Psalm 17 begins that way, like calling on God to pay attention, to like be who he is already, right? So this is a prayer of David, Lord, hear a just cause, pay attention to my cry, listen to my prayer from lips free of deceit. And then later in verse six, I call on you, God, because you will answer me. So it's, it's a trusting that God will do what only God can do while also still being in the thick of mm. waiting yeah. for God to do what only He can do. Absolutely, there's a there's a there's an audacity that um, uh-huh. the there song speak with. That sometimes I'm like, whoa, slow down, careful Tiger. there. You, yeah, you, you, you're talking a little reckless. Like I remember, like growing up, I, I approached my mom and my father. Like, hey, if I approached my mother and my father, like Psalms 44. <laughs> Yeah. Where it says, wake up, oh Lord. Why are you sleeping? Get up. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you talking to? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't talk to your mom and your dad. Like exactly. That. I would get, yeah. so, well, I don't know. Today, they would go to, you know, Maybe. social services would get called. <laughs> but back in the day, yeah. <laughs> I talked like this to my mom, but let alone talking to the creator of the earth. But I do think there's something about 
the freedom, the liberty in which God like is allowing his people to speak to him. Because God, just like he spoke with Job, he's like, look, who are you to talk to me like this? Were you around when I was creating these things? Mm -hmm. But I also think like the Lord knows like the type of pain we're going through and the crying of our souls. Like, Lord, I feel like there's no refuge for me. I know you to be a great God, but our enemies are making a mockery of us. What's up? (laughs) Wake up. And it's like the audacity, but I also feel like that's the kind of intimacy, authenticity that we need to have. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And, you know, as we keep keep working, you know, our way through this first book, you know, we get both like reminders of who God is. I mean, there are even some, there's a lot of, like you said, looking back, show like looking back at Ebenezer's and capstones and and things. So, I mean, we see a lot of that in in Psalm 18, which is a very long Psalm. Very long Um, Psalm. But it says that this is We didn't give you 20 short Psalms to read. Some of of them. Some of them are short. (laughs) Psalm 23 and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a Psalm of David. Psalm 18. Yes, sorry. Psalm 18 is a Psalm of David. And it says, spoke the word to this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from the grasp of all his enemies and from the power of Saul. And so he is, you know, praising, but also he's being very honest about Mm. where he is slash was. And so it's both the like, okay, here's who God is. Here's who I know him to be. Here's who I believe him to be. Also, here are some very real things that are happening. And I can put my trust in him that like what's going on around me does not negate who God is. I loved this psalm. Like 18, I was just like, you can't not interact with it Mm -hmm. as you're reading it. Like in verse six, you start to like pick up on something, but then by verse seven, it's like this huge description. Verse six starts, I called to the Lord in my distress and I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. And then it's just this like, God is big. Like Mm -hmm. I'll read some of it. It turns into like the Lord of the Rings. Right. (laughs) Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of the mountains trembled. They shook because he burned with anger. Smoke rose from his nostrils and consuming fire came from his mouth. Coals were set ablaze by it. He bent the heavens and came down. Total darkness beneath his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He made darkness in his hiding place, dark storm clouds, his canopy around him. From the radiance of his presence, his clouds swept onward with hail and blazing coals. It just goes, like, it's, wow. Yes. You know what's also interesting about this? It's very frightening, yet it's very beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. the essence of almost like a Good Friday, right? Mm. Disaster, pain, but yet very, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you're reading this, (laughs) once again, it's like very poetic, very, I say Lord of the Rings, but yeah, like the fantasy, the fantastic, like him riding on the wings of the wind, him bending heaven. Some matrix, some matrix type stuff happening there, right? Yeah. But it feels really ominous, but Mm -hmm. yet it's still glorious and beautiful because it's the Lord. Yes. And then what does he do with his might? In verse 16 of the same psalm, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep water. 
He rescued me from a powerful enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me, but not for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my commentary. <laughs> they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Mm. That God, that epic that God that is described, you know, so epically here in those several verses that you just read, Rachel, he delights in us. He's and my papa. Rescues us. Yes. Yeah. And that is something that I think it's not that we don't see that throughout all of scripture because we do, but I think that we there's something so effective about poetry and song that communicates that in a way that gets to the heart of us so much more effectively than the narrative. I mean, he's basically just describing a beef that he has with Saul. (laughs) Hmm. But the way he describes this beef sounds so majestic. It sounds Mm -hmm. like the whole earth stopped (laughs) and Mm -hmm. paid attention to this feud and God is resolving the tension through every Mm -hmm. element of the earth. When in reality, it didn't happen like that. (laughs) Yeah. But the way it's communicated makes us see God's affection for us. Helps us see the scene. Yeah. Yeah. He would do all these things if it was necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are that important. I will be in heaven. I will ride on winds to resolve conflicts. I will rescue you. Like your conflict with Saul or, you know, with the rest of it, it seems like drowning in an ocean. And I'm going to pull you out of that thing. That's mm-hmm. right. right? Yes. It's just kind of communicating the desperation. That's the reason why I love poetry. I love literature. I love mm-hmm. music. And this is also the reason why I think pastors, teachers, and communicators who have a poeticness to them are probably sometimes the most effective because you're just not communicating just the simple truth. Yeah. You're trying to disarm the listener or the reader in a way that gets them to see much greater than the actual, just the surface of the issue. So Yes. Yeah. Because what's being communicated here is that Yahweh is Lord of heaven and earth, Lord over all, right? And so this is, like you said, Rachel, it's like being able to see the unseen. It's like this is seemingly simple truth that Mm -hmm. the Lord is God. And showing us like what that really means. Like one thing that I just kept coming to mind as I was reading through book one of the Psalms was showing us who's really in charge here. Like those moments where the Lord laughs because he's just like, y'all are funny. Like this is not I, this is my world. Everything is is my everlasting dominion. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that in a book whose theme is the reign of God and God's law and to have Psalm 22, which is has so many echoes, and I don't know if you can call it echo because the crucifixion hasn't happened yet, but so many foreshadowings and like so much that we will see echoed in the crucifixion mm-hmm. of Christ. Which means um, that our book of Psalms was Jesus' book of Psalms. Those five, yes. like that Jesus read these. Yeah. And and so much of Psalm 22, like you're just saying, Amanda, yeah. is either foreshadowing the cross, also quoted at the cross. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Psalm 22, verse 1, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Mm-hmm. Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? Mm. I don't know how to articulate this, but I will just say that I've read Psalm 22 before. I've read the accounts of the crucifixion before. 
I feel like that this is, you were talking about bookmarking things for later, Rachel, of like pray this. And like, yeah. Psalm 22 is a place where I feel like the Lord has some work to do in my heart. He was like, hey, you're going to need to come back to this yeah. <laughs> later when you're not prepping for a podcast. Because that in a book where the theme is God is God, right? To have this psalm that is very much about the intimacy of God, but also the like, the suffering that the psalmist is enduring, yeah. and to see it connect with the suffering that this very God takes on flesh and endures on our behalf mm. is so powerful and layered, and yeah. I'm going to need to think about that some yeah. more later. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know? it's like Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says, like, surely he has borne our sorrows and yeah. carried our griefs. Like, yeah. This was first David's sorrow and David's grief. And David's words came out of Jesus' mouth as in his words from the cross. Like, he did carry our sorrows and bear our mm-hmm. grief to the cross. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think and when I talk about agenda and intent through the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, I don't think it's coincidence that you'll find those who follow Jesus making reference to I can count all my bones. People look and they stare. They divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. That's right. Yeah. I think they knew the song. They knew what was happening to Jesus. And they were like, this is important because the audience who we need to see the truth needs to see this reference between this Messiah who is present mm-hmm. and these truths that are communicated in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It just is it's very practical stuff that. I think oftentimes we probably just overlook, but I think Matthew, John, when they see this happening, they're like, oh, I remember this in the Psalms. And so if I know that I'm trying to write a letter to churches throughout the Mideast, I'm like, well, these Jews need to hear this because it's going to only confirm the truth of who Jesus is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, and just the tapestry of Scripture. It's, Absolutely. And the mm-hmm. redemption story is just stunning. I'm looking, Rachel and I are sitting side by side at this table, and we both have our books open, and we both have, <laughs> she has it highlighted, I have a box drawn around it, she has a heart, I have a broken heart next to it. So verse 11 from Psalm 22, don't be far from me because distress is near and there's no one to help. Mm. I mean, How many guys, times, I mean, how, who of us has not, Prayed that prayer. If you are a person listening who wonders if the Bible is for you, if it's relevant, (laughs) have I ever read a more relevant verse Mm -hmm. that like distress is near and there's no one to help? Mm -hmm. And also to furthermore think about that in the context of Jesus' crucifixion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is, it gets me. We're on day two, folks. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing (laughs) here's what we do at She Reads Straight we are women and men. He reads truthers out there in the Word of God every day. And so we have this reading plan set up for you, for you to engage with day by day. And you don't have to read 20 Psalms in one day. We will break those up for you. So you just, this week, you read along day by day and interact with the Scripture day by day. But what excites me about a conversation like this is that it demonstrates just how rich Scripture is. Yeah. And that, like, we feel like we're, I mean, we're just, like, scratching the surface, and we could right. keep talking. <sighs> On day three, Psalm 27, there's you this— You skip right over I'm, Psalm 23. Listen, I, just I don't disrespect. Know. Just I disrespect. Know. Listen, 
Rude, Rachel. But I'm for it. I recognize this time. I recognize this time to consider. So. How are we supposed to do? I mean, to choose one is to not choose another. Listen. I'm hoping there's psalms that I want to get to that we may not, but it's oh, fine. I, psalms 23 is everybody's, you know, I'm I'm cool with skipping over it. Everybody's familiar <laughs> with Psalms 23. You guys... Go back and read it. You Y'all read reading, it. don't skip it. Don't skip it on Tuesday. And read it. If you all read from, you're welcome to read from whatever translation you want. In the study book, we have the CSB translation. If you're reading from another translation, go to the Shared Truth app and read it in the CSB because it's just worded a little bit differently. Yeah, it's helpful. And I like it a lot. Yeah, just, yeah. If right. you're a KJV gal, go read it in that one, too. Show you get to pick. What's the next psalm that we're going to talk about? Well, I, I want to talk about Psalms 27 real quick because oh, it, good. it has this uh, indelible impact in my life. At a, as a college student, when I first became a Christian, I was a part of a campus ministry. And we had a chant that we would say the gentlemen would get together and we would chant during our Bible studies or when we were, you know, and fellowship and the chant went like this it says lord is strength so somebody would lead it and other people would follow it say lord is strength lord is strength of my life of my life who shall i be afraid of who shall i be afraid of anybody try to harm me they stumble and fall i shall not fall i shall not fall i will not fall i will not fall yes. i take it to him i take it to him i do my thing i do my thing I... so it's yes. basically psalms 27 it's the beginning I of psalms 27 yeah yes. so it was it was beautiful when we first started doing it, I had no idea it was actually like a a remix of the first couple of verses from Psalm 27. But the more I would read the scripture, I was like, oh, hey, wait a this minute. is where that came from. Yeah. So to this day, it's one of my favorite passages that reminds me of those early days of my Christian faith. Man, I love that. Oh, that's so good. And even, I mean, so those first couple of verses, Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers come against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Verse 3, Though an army deploys against me, my heart will mm-hmm. not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. That verse three, that's kingdom logic right there. Mm-hmm. That is that not. Is. That's not earthly stuff. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's a far cry from verse, Psalms 22, right? It's like, you know. Yeah. 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 Mm. But that is the Christian life, though. I love that verse 10, that even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord cares for me. It's quick story. Earlier this week, I was, you know, everybody at bedtime and everybody's around doing stuff. And my 15-year-old was brushing his teeth in his room. And I went in, and I just, I've no longer, like, expected that they're going to be tidy discipleship moments. Like, you just kind of have to kamikaze disciple sometimes. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So he was brushing his teeth in his room. He's a lacrosse player. And... He's doing well. Like, he's mm-hmm. just, like, from the start of the season to where he is now, he's just really excelling, and it's fun, and everyone seems to really want to celebrate him. And so I was—I just started asking him questions. I was like, do you think that—brushing his teeth, buddy, you think you're more valuable to your team now than you were at the start of the season? Yeah. And I said, do you think you're more valuable to God? Well, no. And I said, do you think that if you screw up this game, lose it for the team, will you be less valuable to your team? Mm-hmm. Probably. Do you think you'll be less valuable to God? No. And it's that Mm. thing of just like, 
dude, like the world is going to love you and leave you and love you and leave you over and over and over again. And there is one who will not stop. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. And so that verse 10, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. If I can anchor that in my kids, in myself, that if the whole world cancels me, the Lord cares for me. I mean, that's a word, Rachel. It is very much so. So we need to remember. That's why we have psalms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what other psalms, what other chapters should we be talking about, show? All of them. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but, uh, you know, I think I'm always just the the one thing about some of these psalms that I am deeply connected to is just the amount of compassion that God has for the outcast, the poor. Yeah the marginalized and just the justice language that comes from David Mm -hmm. and how he advocates. And so like in Psalm 41, happy is the one who is considered of the poor. Mm. The Lord will save him in a day of adversity. I just, me as an individual, I just, especially in our, in our contemporary times, just find it appalling to see Christians Mm. who don't share the same kind of compassion for people who, are either economically on the outskirts, racially, you know, mm-hmm. gender, whatever it is, is how do we find ourselves being conduits of grace mm. and considerate of folks um, yeah. who we see on the margins? And that's mm. kind of what we see in Psalm 40, Psalm 41. These are these, like, they start mm-hmm. with David's lament and they end with, like, this, like, declaration of trust. Like, you look at, like, you pointed out in Psalm 41. Verse 9 says, even my friend in whom I trusted, one who ate my bread, has raised his heel against me. But then the very next verse says, but you, Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up. Like there's this like, even like this hard thing, but. And I love Mm -hmm. that pattern of lament in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that concludes not week one, but just book one. (laughs) That's only three days. And there is, so something our team pointed out, that there each book has like a doxology kind of moment mm-hmm. that you would maybe not know if it weren't pointed out, but it's the last verse of book one, Psalm 41.13 is, Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And then our book title, Amen, amen. and Amen, which just mm-hmm. means like, surely, you know, verily, like, yes. And so that, you know, our theme right there, blessed be Yahweh, God of Israel, the one in charge here. (laughs) I love that, like, even over this last hour, the number of times, like, each of the three of us has said involuntarily almost, amen, amen. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just true. Like, what we're Mm -hmm. we're seeing here, amen and amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, as we move into book two this week, you're going to see... Not like a distinctly different theme, but just sort of like a kind of like a groundswell in a different direction. So the Psalms in book two, there are some Psalms of lament, Psalms about distressing circumstances, and they'll get a little bit more specific. Like you'll see some of those historical Psalms that are about specific events in David's life. And our introduction to this book two of the Psalms says that these Psalms act as a reminder that God's glory, goodness, and power 
are worthy of celebration, not just in Israel, but among the nations. And as we already pointed out, as Show already pointed out, that there are some that are attributed to David, but in book two, we get some of the temple keepers and singers. Yeah. And the, the of these cool. psalms, so this is Psalms 42 through 72, they primarily use the name Elohim for mm. God, which is translated just simply as God in mm. our English Bibles, but a name that demonstrates His unmatched power and majesty. Mm. So just something to kind of keep in mind as you're reading through book two. Where do we want to land, you all? We have you a guys, lot left, but we're just, I we're mean. We're time. It's, I just think the, there's a there's a creative and artistic pattern that I, I would like to point out I noticed in Psalm 42 and 43, mm-hmm. which is very... In our contemporary language, you would say like a hook or a reframe, yeah. if you will, this line, why, my yes. soul, are you so dejected? Mm-hmm. And then there's language, there's words, there's this plea, there's this prayer, and then it goes back. Why, my soul, are you mm-hmm. so dejected? And just very consistent. And even goes into Psalms 43 as well. Even just the word Why? It's there's yeah. so many times in those couple songs. There's this part of 44 that it's so like it's this moment where like the writer just kind of goes a little bit of a like an icy kind of a moment. Starting in verse two, it says, In order to plant them, you displace the nations by your hands. In order to settle them, you brought disaster on the peoples, for they didn't take the land by their sword. Their arm did not bring them victory, but by your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, because you were favorable toward them. It's this moment of like, oh, all this displacing was was on purpose. And Mm -hmm. it's this like looking back, (laughs) you get that hindsight. And then he goes on and says, for I do not trust in my bow, and my sword does not bring me victory, but you give us victory Mm -hmm. over our foes. It's, I, I love Psalm 44. I mean, it's tough. Like I read it, I read it kind of differently as like not a like looking back of like a moment of redemption of like, oh yeah, this is why that happened, but more of like a why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you like, do this? Why? Those you... were like. <laughs> did it have to be this way? Honestly, Tower of Babelish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because verse fourteen, you make us right. a joke among yeah. the nations, yeah. a laughing stock. Yeah. My disgrace is before me all day long. Like, this is current. This is not him. You know, right, he's not just right. saying this is the way it was. There's a real I don't understand. Yeah. and But verse 17, I love this. All this has happened to us. Like, even just that of, like, acknowledging, like, okay, that happened. Yeah. It's currently happening. But we have not forgotten you yeah. or betrayed your covenant. And I think that's a lot of the purpose of the Psalms yeah. is, like, There's power in bringing the hard things into the light and saying, this is what's going on. And also, I know who you are, and I'm reminding you and reminding myself of who you are. Which is how that chapter concludes, that rise up, help us, redeem us. Why? Because Mm -hmm. of your faithful love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The psalmist knows how to uh, engage God's. It sounds really bad, but engage God's interest. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Don't do this because we need glory. Do this for your own glory. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I've often heard this is a famous quote, a paraphrase, whatever. But you know, we don't often pray to change God, but you pray to change yourself. Yeah. And this is what you see oftentimes in the Psalms is mm-hmm. yeah. these moments of complaint, these moments of declarations, like Lord, uh, but, but you know what? 
I know that you are good. I know that you are faithful. And I think there's the more you sin and you more time you spend beseeching the Lord, the answers are revealed to you. and Your heart becomes changed because you're realizing like I'm in the presence of a holy God. And no matter how depressed or why my soul is dejected, at some point there's going to be some here goes this language for you that you mean I like happiness, joy yeah. restored, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. In the midst of that dejected, that despondency. Yeah. All right. I know that we, I keep saying we're running out of time, but I'm just keep pushing it. That's okay. There's, <laughs> we have time for one more, time for one more. Here's what I think. Like, I would love to, y'all know that we're just here to get excited with you about your reading for this week, for y'all to be women and men in the Word of God every day this week. But I just got to read one more psalm, one more chapter. One Um, more, one more. I think it would be weird to do this week without reading Psalm 51. And show. I know that you love that psalm too. Would you read that for us as sort of our last thing for this episode? Absolutely. I'll be honored. Psalm 51, a prayer for restoration. For the choir director, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone to Bathsheba. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sins, for I am conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear your joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not want a sacrifice or I would give it. You are not pleased with a blunt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. And your good pleasure cause Zion to prosper. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices whole burnt offerings, then bulls will be offered on your altar. Hmm. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. (laughs) Thanks for reading that. I already look forward to getting to listen back to this episode Mm -hmm. and just kind of listen to -hmm. that. So thank you for Mm -hmm. recording that for us, show. Amen. Thank you guys for allowing me to engage the word of God in such a creative and interesting way. Oh, appreciate that. 
Well, friends listening, thank you for listening. And please come back next week. But before you come back next week, please be a woman in the Word of God every day this week. Mm -hmm. Next week, we will wrap book two of the Psalms and then read all of book three of the Psalms. And our guest for next week's podcast will be Catherine Wolf. We're so excited Mm -hmm. to have her join us and talk with us. But until next week's show, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.